country wants Roseanne to go away forever. Half the country wants Cement the Bee to go away forever. So, so much for wanting more female voices in television. <laughs> yeah. Now, Roseanne will always be my friend, but her world came crashing down this week. A series of tweets she put out on Tuesday that were just so full of racism, conspiracy theories, and personal attacks. They were described as abhorrent, bordering on presidential. <laughs> Hey, now. Yeah, it's a shot at Trump. Yeah, that is. You can't fool me. Um, Do you hear about the guy that was building uh, tunnels somewhere in the East Coast to protect him from a nuclear war because he believes North Korea is going to attack us? Right, yeah. And I heard the, about him. The guy who was building the tunnels died, and the, guy's, and the guy who owns the home is being charged with murder having the guy do something unsafe, I guess. Oh, I don't quite get it. It's like that... Uh, so the guy was... A f- that mine operator murder trial. I guess. So a guy hired someone to yeah. dig tunnels? Okay. Yeah, to build some nuclear tunnels for him. Yes! And the guy died down there. And he'd been down there a while. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah. Well, that seems to be the problem part. <laughs> Old bony Joe. Probably should have called this. <laughs> yeah. You're overreacting if you think we're going to... You need a nuclear tunnel. North Korea might be getting a McDonald's, which a lot of people think is a big deal. Oh, yeah. It happened uh, when, when Russia and China start to open up, although they're both going the other direction. So Yeah. A McDonald's is a hopeful sign, Jack, but it's not a guarantee of liberty. Why are you using that voice? <laughs> I don't know. You got more? No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> that felt like you were on a roll. So they're uh, rehabbing a chateau in France. What's mm-hmm. a chateau? Is that just a house? Is that French for house? What makes a house a chateau? I don't know. Yeah. Reminds me of uh, Mo on The Simpsons. And the guy says, uh, it's in the garage. Oh, garage. Mr. Fancy French guy with garage. Well, what do you call where you park your car? The car hole. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> a chateau, a large French country house or castle. Wow. All right, so the car hole. So it's got your uh, your your parquet floors. It's your interchange. It's your like uh, wood fit together floors, fancy wood floors. But they're getting kind of worn out. So the new owners of the chateau say, "Come on, we got a nice chateau with worn out floors. Let's do something about it." And they take up the old floorboards, and under the floor, on the underside of the floorboards, were long messages written out in pencil. Between 1880 and 1881, signed by uh, the carpenter. And this guy's intent was he was going to spill the secrets of his life and his, his village, knowing that it wouldn't be read until long after he was dead. Because he knew these floors will last a good long damn time, and so I'm going to spill these things out, I'm going to cleanse my soul, and maybe future generations will find them. In fact, he addressed at one point one of the entries to future generations. Um, and, uh, and what's interesting about this is it's sort of a common man's diary of life, and there aren't many from that period. Um, and what's crazy about it... Now there are too many. Yeah. Way, way, way too many. Stop posting so much. The most shocking episode that they're talking about, I'll just read it to you, what, you know, what they've summarized here. 
1868, this is 12 years after it occurred, he's writing about this. In 1868, I was passing at midnight before the doorway of a stable. I heard groans. It was the mistress of one of my old friends, and she was giving birth. Then he he writes, over the time she gave birth to six children, four of whom are buried in the stable. Infanticide. Yeah, it was post-birth abortion. Wow, he makes it clear rough. that it was not their mother who killed him, but her lover, his old boyhood buddy Benjamin, whom Joaquin, that's the uh, the uh, carpenter, accuses now of trying to seduce his own wife. This criminal is now trying to screw up my marriage. All I have to do is say one word and point my finger at the stables, and they'd all be in prison. But I won't. He's my old childhood friend, and his mother is my father's mistress. So. Oh, what a tangled web His we leave. His mother weave. is my dad's mistress. Right. Okay. The murderer's mom is my old man's old lady at this point here in the village. And then he goes on and he mentions famous murders of the time. This true disciple of Trotman, companion of Dumoulard and Vitalis, has tried several times to screw up my marriage. Uh, so, so, But I'm not going to turn him in. Um, can you, I've thought about this before. Can you imagine how many awful things have happened in world history when there was no way for anybody to find out? Right. I mean, just, or within the confines of a village yeah. and, and, you know, your alliances and the tangled family, you know, mm-hmm. interactions and the rest, you just kept your mouth shut, but everybody knew it, you know, those sort of horrors. Um, and, and there was more to it. Um, one of the reasons he unburdened Jeez, that'd, himself, that'd be a national story if it happened today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. One of the reasons they think he was driven to write this long diary on, because it's a big floor and there are many, 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 I, I don't know how many words total, but many hundreds of words he wrote. But one of the things that motivated him seems to have been his anger at the local priest. Um, There were reforms going on around the country over the powers of the church. It's the 1880s now. Um. And he, he was a big fan of these reforms, partly because of his personal animosity toward the Abbe Laguerre, who was apparently an obsessive womanizer who abused the confessional for sexual kicks. Wow. On one of his planks, Joachim writes, First, I find it very wrong the way he sticks his nose into our family business, asking about how one makes love to one's wife. Actually, he uses a significantly more vulgar term that I believe rhymes with duck. He wants to know how many times a month... Um, and, and, and wants to know more specifically positions and the rest of it. The pig should be hanged. Wow. And, and apparently part of the religion at the time was, you know, you had to make sure you're making enough kids and the rest, although some of them were getting snuffed in the stable. And so the priest wanted to, uh, no, you, you're, you're uh, putting your seed where it belongs, right? So you'd be there in the confessional. He'd be quizzing you about how you're sexing up your wife and how often and the rest of it. In the same entry, he describes the village priest as a bit of a lad. There he is bowing to the woman, women while the poor cuckold husbands have to keep quiet. Uh, what the episode shows is how such priestly prying created resentment, and this contributed to the growing anti-church feeling. Um, they mention, actually, if you're into religious history, you might find it interesting. They sent a bunch of um, letters to the archdiocese asking for the priest to be replaced with a Protestant, because nobody really cared what religion it was, as long as he was, uh, you know, a good dude. And they wanted somebody married, because he wouldn't grope the women. And the other interesting insight into this is they wanted the priest kicked out because he wasn't a very good doctor. 
And the priests did at least half the doctrine back in those days. Because they... Ministered to the sick a lot, so they knew a lot about being sick. Wow. Meanwhile, the doctors were a little pissed off at the priests for doctrine as much as they were, because the doctors were better at doctrine, or so they said. So anyway, another insight into life in the 1880s. Uh, Let's see, I think there was a... Oh, um, in uh, one image he writes, Happy mortal, when you read me, I shall be no more. Be wiser than I was from the ages of 15 to 25, when I lived for nothing but love and liquor, doing little and spending much. I was a fiddler. He actually was a fiddler. How about that? Don't be getting drunk and chasing tail. There are more important things to do with your life. Uh, He had four children. Other than that, very little uh, is known of him. Uh, My story is short and sincere and frank, because none but you shall see my writing. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. There's his handwriting there on the underside of the boards. Gruesome. In a big old 1880s pencil. Gruesome story. Yeah, no kidding. And how about the fact that he just thought... Relationships are too tangled to say anything about it, but Which, well, that makes I know me, what this guy's up to. That makes me think that it just didn't strike him as that crazy. No. Well, infant mortality was higher. Uh, you know, you, you couldn't get abortions. There's no birth control, any useful birth control. There was some, but well, at yeah, the time, if there, so. If yeah, if there's basically no birth control and people are having a lot of affairs, it would seem, at least in his orbit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't mean everybody lived that way. You can have Trump families, then you can have other families where nobody's running around. So Right, right. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, this, if nothing else, it points out how difficult it is to judge people of bygone eras by modern um, moral standards. I don't think infanticide was ever cool. No. But I think it's worth looking at, okay, it was viewed as a certain level of horror, that didn't merit calling the cops. Wow, that's amazing. And this is a guy, obviously, of conscience. He was yeah. bothered by it. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, it is amazing, isn't it? The 18, 1880s. You know what's also incredible? What's that? That the President of the United States, as a lawyer, who says he could shoot the FBI director and get away with it. That's what I heard. The President has donned the robes of a king and has torn up the Constitution. Run for your lives, or stay tuned. These are uh, questions that have not been answered yet, and maybe they won't be answered anytime soon, of whether or not a president can pardon themselves, or whether they can be indicted, or all that sort of thing. We're going to talk with someone smart about that. Uh, Adam J. White, who's really good, research fellow at Hoover, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of the nation. one thing pardoning yourself is another other presidents have pardoned people in circumstances like this both both in their administration and sometimes the next president even if a different party will come along and pardon he has no intention of pardoning uh, himself but he probably doesn't say he can't i just i i the point see this is what drives me crazy about this the point of these hypotheticals is people want to act like trump is trying to take over the country and be a king and they want to discuss how awful it would be if he did these things. That's why they're throwing out these hypotheticals. 
right? I mean, that's the only reason for the conversation that happened over the weekend. People get excited about that. You see how scary it is? That's what people want. That's what the media wants anyway. Gets people tuning in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fear is the number one motivator of tune-in to television. You know, you might not be into the local news, but if you hear there's a forest fire coming your way, you'll flip it on. And so it's an effort to, you know, fire up the viewership. In a 20-page letter uh, submitted to the special counsel's office in January, Trump's attorneys asserted that the president's actions here, by virtue of his position as the chief law enforcement officer, blah, 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 he can't obstruct justice because he is justice. It's the old Nixon thing. The president can't break the law or whatever Nixon said. Right, right. And it was... Oh, if, if, the, if the president does it, it's not illegal. Right, right. And that was the uh, the pitch from his attorneys, which has not really been bought by many legal experts. And Well, and as Chris Christie said yesterday, he said, this is what you do. You, you make the broadest argument you can, and, you know, to try to win your side. That's what he said. This is, happens over and over again. This is not unusual. Right, right. Uh, Adam J. White, research fellow of the Hoover Institution, will be joining us in just a moment or two. He is uh, arguing even now in front of uh, John Marshall, (laughs) Felix Frankfurter. Let me hit you with this. Judge Reinhold and uh, other eminent judges. We'll talk talk to you about this coming up. Oh, we got him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, There we go. Uh, Click over here. And we're joined by Adam J. White, research fellow at the Hoover Institution. Mr. White, how are you, sir? Good, thanks. It's always good to be on with you guys. Oh, thank you. And and likewise, it's good to talk to you again. So, listen, uh, over there on the uh, the MSNBC, for instance, they have hot tears of, uh, of fear and hatred rolling down their cheeks and are portraying uh, Trump uh, on a throne wearing his uh, his red robe and his, his crown and his scepter. He has overthrown all that is good and constitutional uh, based on Rudy Giuliani's, Giuliani's appearances over the weekend and the Jay Sekulow letter, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what should we know and what do you think of it? Well, I, it's funny. I'm just I'm trying to visualize this image on MSNBC. I don't watch MSNBC that much, so yeah. I didn't see it. it you know, the, Giuliani's interview and the memo that was released recently by the New York Times, the Trump legal team's memo, does stake out some pretty categorical, pretty absolutist legal positions. In the memo, we see arguments that it's impossible for the president to obstruct justice because he himself is in charge of the, the investigation process, and obstruction of justice would just be obstructing himself. So it can't happen. Uh, the idea that the president could pardon himself. These are very broad claims. The thing is, I don't think they're unreasonable claims as a matter of law. Sure. Pardon power is stated in absolute terms. Um, the, the president has absolute power to fire or not fire the FBI director. Um, and so on their face, I don't think they're unreasonable. Now, I don't know that they're necessarily going to win. Uh, either because the courts might disagree or because these the current investigation and the arguments between the, the investigators and this White House do raise really unprecedented issues that I think we have to chew on as a country and really think through what the limits of these legal arguments are. Well, just but to, to the, please go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, do, do we do we need to be worried about this? I mean, there there's there would be a political outcome. If the president has done something awful, even if he can pardon himself or, or you know, it's not obstruction. obstruction. Fire and or shoot James Comey. <laughs> the, the political outcome will take care of that, won't it? He'll well, be voted maybe, out of I office mean, or impeached. Maybe. President Trump, you know, famously said during the campaign that he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue 
uh, with that with impunity, uh, political impunity. I don't know how the politics would play out. That's why I'm just a lawyer, not the political advisor. I think the thing that everybody should read, everybody who's interested in this issue needs to go back and read Justice Antonin Scalia's dissent in the famous independent counsel case, Morrison v. Olson. This is from 1988. Scalia, he, he faces head on this question of the president firing somebody who's investigating the president. And, and Scalia's, Scalia's conclusion is, sure, that sounds worrisome, but even more worrisome is the idea of departing from our framers' original vision of all responsibility for the execution of the law as being focused on the president. And to the extent you're worried that a president might himself get in the way of the law enforcement process, there remains the political the political ramifications, either impeachment or the election. Yeah, I don't so mind. I your instincts are right. Yeah, what, what Scalia is saying, and I, I don't mind, uh, and maybe our founders didn't either, um, having one person the people have chosen that is above it all, and we're going to give them the power to decide, yeah, this is a good idea, this is a bad idea, on their own, completely on their own. They're not... A, Maybe they're above the law in a certain sense, being able to do that, but they're so e- easily dealt with politically that it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't find it that scary. Right. The idea being that if you exercise this awesome power in an untoward way, boot his ass out. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not easy to do, but it's, it's doable. Adam White is a research fellow at the Hoover Institution. Hey, uh, Adam, why have some of these fundamental questions not been dealt with yet in the courts? Is it just because everybody backs down before we, uh, uh, we get down to brass tacks in the past? Well, I think the the controversy that we see ourselves in right now, where the president is under investigation for these sorts of issues, it really is unprecedented. There hasn't been anything like it before. We talk about legal arguments about whether a president could be indicted, and the Justice Department, even in the Clinton years, especially in the Clinton years, said, no, a, president, a sitting president can't be indicted. It's It's never been tried before. There's never been occasion for it. And there might not be occasion this time either. I find it hard to believe that Mueller is going to try to indict the president. I think that mostly controversies like this de-escalate and are resolved in political terms. But I, I don't want to sidestep the fact that the investigation that we're seeing right now and the accusations being leveled, levied at the president really are unprecedented. Yeah, fair enough. Well, so uh, between the courts and uh, the Congress and the Senate and the American people, do you have any fear of dictatorship slash the Constitution being shredded? No, of course not. Of course not. No. Benjamin Franklin famously said at the end of the Constitutional Convention, he told, he told passersby that the framers had created a republic if you can keep it. And ultimately, the ultimate guardians of the Constitution, it's not Mueller, it's not the president, it's not the courts, and it's not Congress. It's the people acting collectively uh, through the political process and especially with elections. And so I'm not, I'm not worried that there's going to be a dictatorship. Uh, I do think that all three actors that we just all four actors we just mentioned, the president, Congress, um, especially if the Democrats win the House and start talking about impeachment, uh, the courts and Mueller, they all need to exercise some measure of self-restraint to, to, to de-escalate Indeed. some of these issues. I think we but all agree. And, and with that, I'm afraid we're completely well, out of time. Well, Sorry to of, jump in. One of those four is not like the other in terms of uh, using restraint. Mm. <laughs> According to some. Adam J. White is a research fellow at the Hoover Institution. Hey, we appreciate the time, Adam. Thanks. Always. That was good. Yep. That was really good. Man, talking to smart people makes things so much easier. I agree. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Supreme Court's breaking baking news this morning, and your smartphone is changing your brain chemistry. Uh Uh-oh. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
here's how dumb I am. Let me count the ways, I realize. But Microsoft is buying GitHub for $7.5 billion. How could there be a company worth $7.5 billion to Microsoft that I couldn't, with a gun to my head, tell you what it did? GitHub. The hell is GitHub? Hub for your gits. I don't have the slightest. Seven and a half billion dollars. Microsoft just bought GitHub because they needed to have it. You want to know an hour later? How long does it take you to tell me? It's slightly complicated. Okay, I guess I'll find out later. Okay, let's get to the news now, Marshall Phillips. Meanwhile, the U.S. Supreme Court's given a big win to a Christian baker in Colorado. The high court ruling in favor of the man who refused to bake a wedding cake for a same-sex couple. In their opinion. The High Court said the Colorado Civil Rights Commission violated the baker's rights by displaying hostility about his religious beliefs. This is, though, primarily a freedom of expression case. The baker said, My cakes are works of art. They express a view. And by forcing me to bake a cake for something I disagree with, you are violating my free expression. I just can't believe he just didn't think, hey, no, I don't like gay marriage, but I'll go ahead and make the cake. Or the people on the other end of it didn't say, I guess I'll just go somewhere else. Neither one of them came to that. Right. They, they had, had to, to go fight. to the freaking oh. Supreme Court. Exactly. <laughs> Sir- Syrian President Assad is planning a trip to North Korea to meet with Kim Jong-un. North Korean state media... Oh, good. That'll help. What the hell? <laughs> North Korean state media over the weekend reported the planned meeting, which will come after Assad received the credentials of the North Korean ambassador to Syria in special ceremonies. The UN's accused North Korea of working with Syria on chemical weapons. That is something both nations deny. Depending on when the meeting takes place, it could be the first time Kim publicly meets with a foreign head of state in the North Korean capital since he took power in 2011. So there's a Stanford professor, I've forgotten his name, who did a report that says it would take us 15 years to verify that North Korea has gotten all their nuclear stuff out of the country. Wow. He's been there multiple times. I remember talking about him a while back. He's been to North Korea multiple times. He's the guy that was invited by them because they wanted the the world to know that they have nuclear weapons. They weren't hiding it. That's their power. Mm -hmm. So they invited this guy from Stanford and said, hey, look, look, and and confirm it's for real. And he came back and said, yeah, it's for real. They got the real stuff. But he says it would take 15 years to certify that they've completely denuclearized, given all the tunnels and how big the country is and all that sort of stuff. Now, others dispute that, but that's that's his assessment. If that's the case, that makes it pretty difficult, doesn't it? So is Assad going to go try to buy some nukes or what? What the hell is he doing there? Interesting question. Is that fathead Marxist from Venezuela next or old Duterte from the Philippines? <laughs> They'll all be rolling hey, in. Little Kim, you're not helping. Let's keep things on the straight and narrow here. Turns out your smartphone can change your brain's chemistry. I know it has mine. I mean, it's not even a question. These studies are nice, but I know for a fact my brain is different than before I had a smartphone. New research from the Cleveland Clinic finds the constant Run interru- by LeBron James. <laughs> finds constant interruptions from our smartphones can change our brain chemistry and leave us feeling more anxious, stressed, and distracted. <sighs> Notifications from the phone trigger the body's release of the stress home, uh, hormone uh, cortisol. And when it uh, builds up in your body, it causes all those uneasy feelings. And the constant notifications distract you so much, your productivity drops as much as 40% without you fully realizing it. Wow. Sounds about right. God dang it. In my ability, I, 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 was, I managed to do some long-form reading over the weekend. I almost never do that anymore. Right. 
Um, we're traveling to New York later in the week, so I'm going to have a long period of time to read. And I'm excited about it and dreading it at the same time, mm. just because I'm so not used to that. How long can I read before I think, I'm just going to check the Twitter real quick. Just real quick. Just check my texts uh, real quick. Freaking awful. It, there's no way it's good for our brains. Nope. I want to. I got to get this article and forward it to one of my kids in particular. Say, hey, this is, this is not good for you. Now I worry about my my kids haven't started yet. Right. But you know the old ad about uh, where'd you learn to do dope, Johnny? From you, Dad. Right. I'm worried about that with their right. phones, Dad. I've spent my entire life looking at you, staring at your phone. Right. right. And you're telling me it's a terrible thing. <laughs> yes. To you don't want to be like me. Trust me. I'm sick. Sick. That's what you say to him. Solo, a Star Wars story, is the most popular movie in North America for the second straight week, but the latest film in the Star Wars franchise earned just over $29 million, brought in $140 million bucks in the U.S. and Canada since it was released 11 days ago. And movie experts are saying, that's a really low figure for a Star Wars picture. So a lot of people are saying, has Disney now jumped the shark Pushing out too many Star Wars products in too short a time. Well, that could be part of it, and just it's not as good that's as some one. of the other that's, ones. That's the answer. Yeah, so <laughs> there you have it. It's just not a good version. You can't it's, just churn out any S and put the Star right? Wars name on it. And this was a troubled movie for quite a while, right? Didn't oh, they? yeah, they went through multiple directors. You could really see the seams of... They, there were scenes where it's like, okay, did this actor know that he was in the same movie and same scene as this actor? Yeah. Um, uh, the the lead of the movie reportedly needed an acting coach like a couple right. months into the movie. Um, so yeah, there there were problems with this one a lot, which many of these Star Wars movies have had. There 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 are not a a smooth sailing ship for sure. In the NBA Finals, Steph Curry breaking an NBA Finals record with nine threes as the Warriors managed to beat the Cavaliers 122 to 103 in Game Two at Oracle Arena. Threes by Steph like this one. Pass too low, but Curry recovers. Shot clock winding down. Curry's gonna have to put it up. Launches it up. Shot clock. Oh, he knocks it down. Steph Curry with the shot clock expiring. Game three is set for Cleveland for Wednesday. He pretty much shot that one from the parking lot. It was ridiculous. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting Getty Show, The Conscience of the Nation. So there's one uh, little play at garbage time where some uh, lad comes from the end of the bench to guard Steph Curry. And, you know, he's uh, 25 feet from the basket or whatever. And he's a good, sensible two, two and a half steps back from him. Protecting against the drive, and Curry looks at him like, seriously? He just, just throws up a three and hits the bottom of the net. Young man, do you know who you're <laughs> guarding? If you if you left behind $100, what sort of person's most likely to return it to you? Based on profession, hmm. they ask a whole bunch of people. I have that answer for you, among other things, and we'll figure out what the hell is Git Job GitHub. <laughs> Seven and a half billion dollars. Sure. GitHub. Yeah. Don't even know what it is. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I saw the video again of the FBI agent dancing at the club. 
does a flip. His gun falls out. He scrambles to pick up his gun. He pulls the trigger. It shoots somebody. Oh, my God. And it's clearly what happened. I mean, there's video. You can see, He can claim whatever he wants. But one, he can... one more reason not to dance. <laughs> we have the video at armstrongandgetty.com. Watch it yourself. It's chilling. It actually is chilling. Um, Incredibly stupid. Jeez, I'd say. God dang it. Uh, a couple of things I want to nail down. Microsoft just bought GitHub for $7.5 billion. Congratulations to GitHub. Good job with your whatever it is you do. What do they do? Brief version. What are they? John, GitHub. Uh, so GitHub is, well, GitHub is two different things. So Git is the actual thing. Git is an open source version control system. Okay, which is good for them. What the when, hell is that? When developers create something, an app, for, for example, they make constant changes to the code, releasing new versions of the app up to the official release date. Okay. Um, GitHub is is a place where these coders kind of get together. They share these things. It it, it logs past versions of of the app. So every version of the new app that you make. So if there's a if there's a mistaken one, you can go back a couple steps. Yeah, it's doomed. essentially a yeah. a tool that which coders and people who make apps and programs use to kind of open source and, yeah, and brainstorm with, with each other. I'm doomed. Fantastic. I'm doomed. Companies that are worth $7.5 billion now get bought and sold, and even after it's explained to me what they do, I don't know what they do. It's mm. kind of like Bitcoin. Are you familiar with Bitcoin? <laughs> I like I like, I like like companies that say they make uh, crockpots. Crockpots? Okay? That's it. They make crockpots. You know those plastic things on the end of your laces? They do that. <laughs> Iglets. Those, those are Lamps. Gold. We make lamps because um, <laughs> people need light. Exactly. Wow, wow, wow. Seven and a half billion dollars. And it, from I wish my... I could come up with any idea. Much less one worth that much. For my I don't initial... have an idea worth $75. <laughs> Digging into it, there are many things that are like this. This is, quote unquote, like the YouTube of it. This is the most popular, the ah, best version of these things. I see. And where might the profit come from, I wonder? Is it ad supported? Do people subscribe? I don't know. Where's the revenue? Cost you this much to make the lamp, then you sell it for that much more, and that's where you make the profit. That I get. Uh, Serena Williams has uh, pulled out of the French Open because of a chest muscle injury, which reminds me, I had this story earlier I didn't get into, where (laughs) apparently she was asked in a press conference yesterday this question by a reporter. Because uh, Trump had once said Serena Williams loses to Maria Sharapova because she's distracted by how hot she is. Not distracted, intimidated. Intimidated by. by how hot she is. And Serena Williams was asked this by a reporter and basically said, "I I don't know what you're talking about." I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. Asked me that the president said that. Apparently, Trump said that at some point. Allegedly, before no, before he, said he was president. Yeah. Before wow. President, but he That's said that. quite a theory. So if you leave around, if you leave behind a hundred dollar bill, I once uh, uh, was moving, and the moving guy was moving the couch out to the uh, the truck, and he said, "Hey, I found this under the cushion." It was a hundred dollar bill. I had. holy cow! I had stuck in there. I remember a long time ago. That's an honest dude. Right that was there. your bank, huh? Yeah, the couch. Yeah. Um, it's a savings and lounge. And I thought, what a nice thing it? for you to do. That's really good. Um. <laughs> 73 they li- they listed professions where you think they would return the $100 bill if you left it behind or dropped okay. it out of your pocket. Thief, yeah. very unlikely to get it back from a professional thief. <laughs> For instance, 73% of Americans say the family doctor would most likely return the $100. So are these people guessing which professions would be? Yeah. Less than 40% say a lawyer would. <laughs> uh uh 
Forty percent was the same. Well, the for, lawyer would just tie it up in discovery for years until you forgot about it. Forty <laughs> percent uh, said the same for a lawyer, dry cleaner, or bartender. I think well, most bartenders I've known would give you back your money. My, you know, my my dry cleaners are really nice people. Yeah, I think he would. Yeah, and uh, and and a bartender. Yeah. Oh no, they're they're good dudes. Where I where I do my drinking. Most bartenders, but I'm thinking of a bar owner. We had this conversation one time because he had found a check. Forget it was, but it was some somehow it was an IRS check. For some reason, he could cash it, and was, and the people were debating whether or not he ought to give it back. And he honestly believed that no, that's just the way it works. You lose it. I found it. It's mine now. Mm. You shouldn't have lost it. Citing the principle of the finders keepers. Yeah, I guess, I guess the, basically. Yeah. But what of the loser? <laughs> what should they do? <laughs> and I, I was just blown away by that. I remember watching that conversation. He honestly felt like, you know, I guess in a very animalistic way. No, I got it from you. You left it behind. Now it's mine. Right. I get it. Yeah, I know it did belong to you. You didn't keep track of it. And now I have it. Exactly. I'm comfortable with this. You're not. <laughs> So it's interesting that finders, keepers, losers, weepers is something we learned as kids, but well, we I don't s- think a lot of us accept it, though. No, as don't, a you, moral teaching. don't you generally say it, and then a teacher or parent steps in and says, no, no, give that back to Johnny or something. Johnny should be more careful. It's part Johnny of life. Johnny better watch his back. He's got my $100 now. I'm thinking like the end of the Warriors game the other night, and 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 uh, Draymond Green said, you know, that's part of the game, knowing what the score is. That's a finders keepers loser weepers. Or should you say, no, you know, you know that he uh, he didn't know, and he would have done the other. So let's restart. So at let's 4. restart it because seconds. it's not, you know, he didn't know. Now Jr. R.J. whatever his name is, <laughs> Jr. You got it now. It's tied, right? Isn't that all right? Let's go. Isn't that kind of similar to the check was in your pocket and you let it fall out? It was a mistake. Well, I mean, he wanted to keep it. It was a mistake. Yes, except that the uh, the fellers in shorts there have entered into a contest specifically designed to figure out who's better at all that. Okay. As opposed to the guy walking down the street and a, a bill flutters out of his pocket. Mm, gotcha. I say final. You say thoughts. Final. Final. How do dry cleaners have the same rep as lawyers? What is that? Maybe it's the whole, uh, they ruin your shirt and claim it wasn't them. Yeah, I've Bastards. had that happen. Yeah. Uh, here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, how about a final thought from everybody to wrap things up? Michelangelo, your final thought? All right, everybody, put down the cell phone for entertainment and explore the tr- uh, tried and true crossword puzzle. Learn something, challenge your mind. Yeah, that's a good one. Beautiful. Marshall Phillips, uh, your final thought? Well, my friends, be on high alert. Be on high alert. Watch out for the Imperial Presidency. That is a warning I have heard ever since Dick Nixon was president. Watch out. They will become king. And how did they handle that? The Republicans turned on him and he was done. Yep. That's the way what happened with Trump, too. Sent away humiliated. Positive. Sean, your final thought. New HBO show debuted last night, Succession, directed by Adam McKay, he of The Big Short and Step Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the story of a powerful, fictional, global media family that is not only rich and powerful, but also powerfully dysfunctional. Yes! Rich, petty families. I can't wait to watch it. I'll have my report tomorrow. Jack, your final thought. I remember the feeling I had when the Supreme Court finally ruled on gay marriage. I thought, can we stop talking about this for the rest of my life now? I feel the same way about the gay cake. Oh, no. It's done. Oh, Can no. I never oh. hear about making cakes for gay <laughs> weddings ever again in my life? Gay pies, gay fancy donuts, gay bread. It's all coming. 
My final thought, I hope, is the final update on the uh, war to rid the pool of ducks. Judy and I purchased a floating alligator head with glowing yellow eyes. We put it in the water yesterday, and Baxter began barking at it furiously. Well, he's trying to protect you from a freaking alligator. Well, right, but that's a good sign, though. The animal kingdom recognizes a menace when it sees one. Oh. So I'm, I'm hoping Baxter's uh, fear and, and, and loathing yes. is uh, matched by the ducks, and they'll quit crapping in my pool because it's gross. Because the next step, step is clearly to get an actual alligator. Yes. Well, the, the, the not only is it a duck deterrent, but also a bit of a, a warning to any alligators that come by here. Hey, you could end up headless in my pool. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can drop us an email if there's something we ought to be talking about or you want to register your opinion or what have you. Go ahead. We will see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a... Uh historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. I do, I, I, I do not, I've never talked to her. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.